Hey, this is JC. Welcome back to JC Thoughts, episode number five. I want to talk about this book I'm reading, Sapiens. This is such a great book. You want to understand some of the problems we're going through today. You want to understand some of the racial issues we're going through today, the issues of diversity, inclusion, equity, all of that. Read this book. It is amazing to me. I got to tell you on this on this journey of discovery, how when we talk about the issue of racism, more often than not, we tend to go back very little into you know, American history, into world history. Even if you say, I'm going to go back 500 years, it's not far enough. It's not far enough. You know, if, you're, if your study of racial issues starts uh, with slavery in America, you're missing the point. There's so much more that goes back. So this book, in so many roundabout ways, now I haven't read the whole book. I'm still, let's see where I'm at. I think I, I'm I'm just now in I'm I'm in chapter one, but you're gonna hear more about this. No, I'm okay. I'm in chapter two. I'm I'm a little further than I thought. I I'm in chapter two, so you're gonna hear a lot more about this book as we go through. But here's a couple of things that I want to talk about today. If I can find my place here, I want to talk about one of the things that this book discusses is, um. Why human beings can be a little bit more dangerous, why we can be a little bit more cruel. So I'm going to read a little portion from this and then we'll kind of talk about it. One of the things that this book points out, and those of you who are smart and brilliant out there, and if you take my view of how the world works, um, we've been around a long time. Human, uh, our, our species has been around a long time. By the way, if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm holding up the picture. I'm, I'm or I'm holding up the book right now, so you can see *Sapiens*. *Sapiens* by *A Brief History of Mankind* by Yuval Noah Harari. I may be saying that wrong. Yuval Noah Harari, phenomenal book. Jared Diamond, the author of *Guns, Germs, and Steels*, uh, says this. He says *Sapiens* tackles the biggest questions of history and of the modern world. And it is written in unforgettably vivid language. It is, it's, it reads like a good book. It's not, you know, you would think a book like this. I don't know how many pages this is. 400 over 400 pages. You, you know, typically when you read a book like this, it's, it's kind of boring. It's hard to get through. This is actually a well-written book, phenomenally well-written. It's, it's written like a story in a lot of ways. Okay, let me find my spot again. I keep getting excited and I keep forgetting my spot here. One of the things it talks about is in this book, here's what it says. I'm just going to skip through here. There were different species of humans, okay? Uh, Different species. And and, and I've I've got a note here that says this. Until 10,000 years ago, The world was home to several human species. So there are different species of what we call humans. And they they list them out here. You've got the, I'm going to say this wrong. Uh, You've got the Homo erectus, the Homo rudolphinus, the Homo rudolphinus. I apologize if I'm saying that correctly or incorrectly. The Homo near uh, Neanderthalensis. Neanderthal, Neander, 
you get the you get what I'm saying of the Neanderthals. I probably should have practiced this before I got on here. But there's other ones down here. It talks about uh, Homo erectus, Homo. We saw this. The Homo, the Homo floresiensis, uh, Homo denisova. So, so what this is? Different species of humans. So today, what we see is one species. It's the Homo sapiens. So pretty much what the book said is before there were different species of humans. So if you can imagine living back in that day, right, where there were different species of us. And up until 10,000 years ago, and again, human beings have been around for probably 250,000 years, the evolution and how we've progressed uh, to where we are today. We've been around for about 250,000 years. Uh, for most of those, most of human history, there have been different species of, of, of animals that, it ha that have existed. The Homo sapiens won out. So I want to make two points about the Homo sapiens. I'm going to have to read some stuff here. So let me just let me just dive in. I'm going to read a few portions here that I underlined. Thus, humans who had lived a million years ago, despite their big brains and sharp stone tools, dwelt in constant fear of predators, rarely hunted large game, and subsisted mainly by gathering plants, scooping up insects, stalking small animals, and eating the carrion left behind by more powerful carnivores. Can you imagine that? There was a day in time when humans hid right? Watch Crudes, the cartoon Crudes. My daughter loves that one. And so we'll watch that together. And you'll see, uh, you'll see some of that. Back in the day, humans weren't this, I mean, today we are the most powerful species on planet earth, right? But back in the day, the ones who lived a million years ago, so he's actually saying a million years ago, I actually heard 250. Okay. So he's saying human beings have lived all the way back. He's also saying 14 billion years ago, matter, uh, matter, energy, time, and space came into being with what is called the Big Bang. Some people refer to that as creation. But anyway, it was the Big Bang. Uh, humans first evolved, okay, he's saying in East Africa about 2.5 million years ago. So I apologize when I say 250,000. Uh, he's saying 2.5 million years ago. And I'm going to take that. I'm, 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 I'm going to go with that. I'm okay with that. But he said that the humans that lived a million years ago, despite their big brain, sharp tools, stone, uh, stones, dwelt, they, uh, they, they dwelt in constant fear of predators and rarely hunted large game. So they weren't going out and trying to find large animals to eat. They went after the leftovers. So after the, all the animals went done, then the humans would come crawling out of their caves and they would go over and, and pick the leftovers. While I guarantee there was probably a group that would pick the leftovers and another group who uh, stood guard and they would run back to their cave and they just lived in fear back in the day. Then it goes on to say that... One of the co most common uses of early stone tools was to crack open bones in order to get to the marrow. Some researchers believe this is our original niche, just as woodpeckers specialize in ex uh, ex extracting insects from the tree trunk or from the trunks of trees. The first humans specialized in extracting marrow from bones. Why marrow? Well, suppose you observe a pride of lions take down and devour a giraffe. You wait patiently until they're done. But it's still not your turn because first the hyenas and the jackals, and don't you dare interfere with them, scavenge the leftovers. Only then you and your band dare approach the carcass. 
looking cautiously left and right and dig into the edible tissue that remained. This is a key understanding. This is a key to understanding our history and psychology. Genus Homo's position in the food chain was until quite recently solidly in the middle. We were in the middle. We weren't on top of the food chain. In the middle. But then it says this, watch this. And here's, so here's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a point here about the danger of human beings, of Homo sapiens, which is what, which is what you and I are. It was only 400,000 years ago that several species of man began to hunt large game on a regular basis, and only in the last 100,000 years with the rise of the Homo sapiens, you and me, that man jumped to the top of the food chain. That spectacular leap from the middle to the top had enormous consequences. Other animals at the top of the pyramids, such as lions and sharks, evolved into that position very gradually over millions of years. This enabled the ecosystem to develop checks and balances that prevent lions and sharks from wreaking too much havoc. As lions became deadlier, so gazelles evolved to run faster, hyenas to cooperate better, and rhinoceroses, it's late when I'm recording this, just so you know, I can't read very well, rhinoceroses to be more bad-tempered. In contrast, so, so again, as the food chain grew, as, as some of these species grew in their, uh, and, and their abilities, everyone else evolved with them, right? The, uh, as the lions went up, they became deadlier, the gazelles became faster, right? So it was a, a constant evolution. In contrast, the book says, humankind ascended to the top so quickly that the ecosystem was not given time to adjust. Moreover, humans themselves failed to adjust. And watch this. Most top predators of the planet are majestic creatures. Millions of years of dominion have filled them with self-confidence. Sapiens, by contrast, this is powerful, uh, is more like a banana republic dictator. Having so recently been one of the underdogs of the savannah, we are full of fear and anxieties over our position, which makes us doubly cruel and dangerous. Many historical calamities from deadly wars to e ecological cat uh, catastrophes let me start that over again. Many historical calamities from deadly wars to ecological ca catastrophes have resulted from this over hasty jump. So you get what it's saying, right? The shark, the lion. And if you've ever seen a shark in water, what a confident animal that is. What a confident animal the whale is, right? The, but it's millions of years of, of, of evolution that has caused this confidence in them. Right? The lion is confident because of millions of years of evolution. Not so much with us. So we still live in this mindset of fear and uh, fear and anxiety. We're still not fully evolved. Because let, so let, so let me move forward here. There's, there's something more powerful that I'm going to read here. Where do we get to this? Okay, so here we go. So then it talked about the competition, Okay. So it talked about the competition and how you had all these species of humans, so different species of, of human beings. You know, some were kind of smaller, they were more midget, some look, and then all of them were wiped out. And what lasted were the Homo sapiens, which is you and me, all of us together, Homo sapiens. But watch this. You, you want to know why we're dealing with some of the issues that we're dealing with right now? 
And why is it that humans and homo sapiens can't get along with each other? Watch this. It talked about the competition for resources and how the sapiens were more proficient hunters and gatherers thanks to better technology and superior social skills. So they multiplied and spread. The less resourceful Neanderthals found it increasingly difficult to feed themselves. Their population dwindled and they slowly died out, except perhaps for one or two members who joined their sapien neighbors. So there's actually some inter intermixing in there. But watch this. Another possibility. So again, he's listing possibilities. We don't know for sure, but he's listing possibilities. Another possibility is that the competition for resources flared up into violence and genocide. And watch this says this, tolerance is not a sapiens trademark. In modern times, a small difference in skin color, dialect, or religion has been enough to prompt one group of sapiens to set about exterminating an, another group. Would ancient, would ancient sapiens have been more tolerant towards an entirely different human species? It may well be that when sapiens encountered Neanderthals, the result was the first and most significant ethnic cleansing campaign in history. And it goes all the way down. It says, perhaps this is exactly why our ancestors, the, the homo sapien ancestors, wiped out the Neanderthals. They were too familiar to ignore, but too different to tolerate. That's powerful right there. You want to know why we're struggling the way we are? Because as sapiens, we are not tolerant creatures. And so among us as sapiens, so can you imagine how it was before? As, as sapiens, we're the strongest. We were the, uh, the, the you know, smartest. We had the, the best technology, the best tools. So we won out. And you would think we'd kind of come together because we're all sapiens, but that's not it. Because we are lack of tolerance. We rose to the food chain too fast. So we, we deal in this mindset of fear and anxiety. And then on top of that, we're not tolerant. So we're not going to be tolerant of each other. So you, so you want to understand why racism exists. You want to understand why there's, as a leader in your organization today, why there's a, a lack of diversity and inclusion. While today, uh, in 2021 that we're in, still battling racism. Well, you got to go back millions of years, at least a million. Or 10,000 even back when Homo sapiens took over and you realize that we are not a tolerable bunch. We're dealing out of fear and anxiety all the time. You know, one of the questions I've asked before, and this is a controversial question, I know. One of the questions I've asked before is, is racism even solvable? Is it solvable? And that's a tough question to ask. It's cost me some friendships. I'll tell you that. And I don't, I mean, I don't, I, I want it to be. I hope it can be. I think as human beings evolve more, I, I think in a practical sense, as minority races, which are quickly becoming majority races, as, as those begin to take off more, uh, but that doesn't change racism. Because then is it going to be reverse racism or you still have colorism? I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that shocked me years ago was going down to Mexico. Now, I grew up, I, I want to preface this by saying this. I grew up in, in Marion, Indiana, very small town. And in Indiana and, and many places in the Midwest, there is a, an opinion towards anybody who's not 
like them. It, and it goes back to what we just said. Homo sapiens are not tolerant of other people, of people that look different, sound different, speak different, dress different. So this is who we all are. So I don't want to just blame people in my home, my home state, right? It's, it's not just on them. But you've got this, you've got these, what do you call them? People, and they typically tend to be white, and they have an opinion on Mexican people, Mexican-Americans, people from Mexico. They have a real strong opinion on that. And they think that way about, not the, I shouldn't say they, they're a, a, a significant portion that think that way about most Mexicans. The, the Mexicans that I saw growing up, very few were, at least in my area, my context, very few had a life of means, very, very few. Most came and they helped to pick the tomatoes in the, in the summertime, which caused a lot of very inappropriate jokes. Sad to think about. So I say all that to say this. White people look at pretty much everyone from Mexico. There are, there are groups of white people, not all of them. But where I grew up, I'm just going back to where I grew up. Many looked at that country and just said it's dangerous. It's filled with drugs and cartel. They're all dangerous people. All of them are, and we want nothing to do with them. Come up and pick our tomatoes, and then we're going to send you back in the fall. Lots of jokes about them. A lot of inappropriate jokes about them. And then I go down to Mexico a few years ago, thinking that there's this united country, because I'm thinking, look, everyone where I came from, they all look at you, everyone down here, the same exact way, right? So I figured there would be a united front towards all Mexican people, from all people of Mexico to say, hey, we're going to stand against this. We're, we're going to rise as a people. And then I found colorism down in Mexico. And I saw that, I don't want to call it racism, but we call it colorism and classism existed there. It, that, I, that threw me for weeks. It took me to get up off the floor after that one. And I've said to some of my friends, I said, oh my goodness, man, if all of you, everyone in this country, I don't care how light-skinned you are, dark-skinned you are, if you could see how so many people where I come from, see all of you, you would come together and say, hey, how do we fix this as a country, as a unified front? So I guess I say all that to say that there's racism and classism and colorism, and it's still going on, and it's 2021, and, and we're talking millions of years after human beings first came on this planet, and we're still dealing with it. Can it be changed? I, I, I don't know. Maybe a million years from now. You know, things are going to look different. But I guess here's what I'm saying. This is a leadership podcast, right? When dealing with issues of diversity and inclusion, you've got to understand that there's a bigger issue you're dealing with. And sadly, sadly, there's issues that go all the way to the DNA of people. They don't even know why. It goes back to that training, unconscious bias training, which is great. It's good training to have, but a lot of times these people don't even recognize why they think the way they think, why they make the decisions that they make. So as a leader, you need to understand that. And I think as leaders, we need to be tolerant. 
we need to go against our, you know, we especially need to be doing trainings and conversations and, and doing a- anything we can to make sure that we're removing unconscious bias. But understand not everybody else has that. And in you becoming more tolerable, you becoming more inclusive, because here's what inclusive means. It means inclusive for all people, even the people that don't look like you, talk like you, think like you, act like you, believe like you. That's very important for you to remember, very important for us to remember as leaders, as managers. You want to know why we are the way we are? Sapiens. We're not tolerable people. We're living out of fear. We're living out of anxiety. When you begin to understand that with your people, you begin to have hard conversations and say, why are we not getting better with diversity and inclusion? You got to go back millions of years and then you got to be patient and just keep having dialogue and conversation. The great thing is about the time that we're living in today with modern technology and the evolution of man to where we are today. And can you imagine where we're going to be 150,000 years from now? That blows my mind when they're going to look back at our tools today and say, wow, that was so archaic, right? Like how we look back at people with the, the first wheel or little twigs and sticks. That's how they're going to see us. Anyway, you want to understand racism, you understand diversity and inclusion, you understand uh, unconscious bias, you, you got to go all the way back. And this is why the journey towards inclusiveness uh, is going to be hard. It's not going to be easy because for many people, it's so deep and ingrained in the DNA of who they are. So I need, I'm going to do some research on this and maybe this book will kind of help answer it as well. I, and I'll, I'll give you more updates as I read through this book, but I want to know how do we, how do we fix this? It's a great question, but I think the first thing is awareness. You want to study racism. Don't go back 250 years. You got to go back 250,000 years, 500,000, a million years and figure out kind of what happened then. And then be committed to learning be committed to listening, to listening and then learning and then making change, making change. We don't have to. That's the great thing about our minds and as human beings, our brains, they're malleable, right? They can change. They can flux. They can evolve with time. And, and, and we can help that along. Conversations, hard conversations, open-mindedness, self-awareness, taking training so we can kind of out uproot some of those uh, those dangerous aspects to who we are. That's all I got for you today. That's something for you to think on today. That's something for you to think on. Why do I have the thoughts and feelings that I have? Why do I think the way I do? Well, you're part of a long line of homo sapiens for better and for worse. I'll see you at the next podcast.